All right. I'm Mike Fitch with Global Bodyweight Training, and today joining us is Al Cavadlo, who is the author of a new book called Raising the Bar, as well as a book called We're Working Out, A Zen Approach to Everyday Fitness. Al is a good friend of mine. How you doing, Al? Doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me today. Thanks for joining us, man. I'm really excited about all the things that you have going on. I'm really excited, too. This is a really exciting time. Um, 2012 is off to a great start for me, and it seems like for you, too. Oh, well, I appreciate it, man. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's good that we've, we've kind of made that connection. I guess it's been over a year now and uh, just been able to support each other and watch each other grow. So, um, so congrats to both of us. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks very much. Uh, so I, I, it seems like you got some really big things going on. I mean, not too long ago you were featured in the American Airlines magazine, which is huge. I mean, I can only imagine how many people have read that, you know, passing through the flights. Absolutely. Yeah, that's probably the most mainstream exposure I've gotten so far. Well, it's certainly a cool opportunity, and it's definitely a great way to kind of get your name out there and for a lot of people to see you. So that's fantastic, man. Congrats on that. And then Thanks, also, uh, you know, being f- featured in almost the entire book of the highly anticipated Convict Conditioning 2. Um, that's huge, man. Tell me a little bit about Convict Conditioning 2 um, and how that came about. Well, it was, it was definitely an honor to be on the cover of Convict Conditioning 2. I'm really proud of that book. And like you said, it's, it's definitely kind of a, a landmark book in bodyweight training. Um, I was first contacted by Paul Wade. He's the guy who wrote the Convict Conditioning books, for anyone who isn't familiar. And he got in touch with me, I guess it was almost two years ago. He was uh, he wanted to use some photos from my blog for an article he was writing for um, for Rob Drucker's website, Muscles of Iron. And of course I agreed. I'm happy to get the exposure. And from there we kind of became e-friends and got to discussing our training philosophies and training styles, all via email, of course. Before you even ask, I have not met Paul Wade in person. I don't want to get into that too much, but I just figured I'd address it. <laughs> But um, he asked me about modeling the, the flag and the trifecta for Convict Conditioning 2 last spring. And he gave me a list of shots along with some sketches of how he wanted them to look. And I was able to uh, give him what he wanted. So I sent him those shots along with a bunch of other ones that I thought he might like to use. And one of them was that one of my brother Danny and me doing the two-man flag. And Paul loved that photo. And, and uh, John Duquesne, the president of Dragon Door, he really liked the photo too. So, um, you know, the rest is history. Right on, man. So, where where was the uh, what's the actual prison in the background there? Do you know? Well, that background is Alcatraz, and that's where they shot the uh, DVD for Convict Conditioning. And, and and tell you the truth, to be completely honest, we uh, actually did not do that there. They uh, they kind of superimposed us in that background. But I'm always hesitant to tell people that because there's nothing photoshopped about the actual thing that me and Danny are doing. Right. They just popped us into that background very seamlessly. But um, the, the DVD, they actually went to, uh, to Alcatraz to shoot that. And it looks amazing, by the way, if you haven't seen it. That's cool. I had no idea. Well, that's I'm a... not even in that one, so I have no real reason to promote it. I think it's a great DVD. <laughs> well, regardless, it's, it's a huge honor just being in the book. I know Convict Conditioning 1 uh, had, had a huge success, and I know a lot of people use it kind of as their bodyweight training bible. So I know the, the yeah. I mean, I, go ahead. I, I think both of those books are going to stand the test of time. So I'm just excited about you know that I'm going to stand the test of time. Hopefully, as the 
as a result of just being involved with that. Absolutely. You'll get to go down in history. Now, you mentioned uh, training with your brother, Danny. Uh, have you guys trained together your entire life? Um, more or less, yeah. I mean, Danny and I have been pretty close since we were kids, and we've been workout partners, well, at least when our schedules allow for it, for almost 20 years now. Um, but, you know, we both work out more by ourselves than we get to together. At best, we might get one session a week together. So, you know, it's, it's great to have training partners, but you have to be self-motivated as well. And that's something I talk a, a bit about in the new book, in Raising the Bar. Yeah, I noticed you, because you mentioned, you know, it's great to be part of a team and to kind of, you know, have that energy and, and to be able to help each other kind of one-up and uh, and get that energy going, but but it is it's it really is important to make sure that you don't don't get too dependent upon that. Absolutely, absolutely. And how how how? What's the uh, age difference between you and your brother? Danny's five years older than me, and you know it's funny when we were kids, that age difference seemed a lot more significant than than it does now. I kind of feel like you know once I got to be about you know eighteen or nineteen, we kind of like caught up, and we're both kind of more peers than him being my, my big brother anymore. And I certainly feel like at this point in, in our lives and in our careers, I very much think we see each other as, as peers more than anything else, that, that the big brother, little brother thing has kind of faded away. Sure. And I noticed uh, in, in some of your newer videos, you've been, you've been putting some of your original music material in there. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't, don't realize that, um, you know, even longer than working out, music has been a, a huge uh, interest of mine, and I'm I'm really excited to get to have a little outlet to do that. It's funny, when I was a kid, I always wanted to make a career out of music, and fitness was always kind of the other thing that I did for fun. And then in my early 20s, they kind of switched roles, and I decided to pursue a career in fitness and kind of give music, um, you know, relegate that to just being a hobby. And I, I guess it wound up being a good decision. I often think that I have a much healthier lifestyle than I probably would have wound up having had I made it in the music business. <laughs> I, so, I, uh, it's, but it's, it's great to be able to use the, the music for something, so it worked out nicely for me. That's great, man. I've been a, a musician since I was a, a teenager as well, and uh, that's that's great that you're you're still able to do it. And then, like you said, have an outlet where you can still showcase your work. That's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I started putting the music into the videos just because... You know, for copyright reasons, I can't use other people's music. Right. So I had to put original music in. And then, to my surprise, a lot of fans wrote to me, like, we like the music. Who, who did that? And I was like, well, it's actually me. So then it was kind of encouraging to, to continue with that. That's great, man. We should definitely keep it up. Uh, I really enjoy the tunes. And we, we have to go through the same thing with the copyright uh, with our video. So a lot of times we'll, we'll use our friends who are, are up-and-coming musicians and, and do the same thing, get the rights to the songs and, uh, and use them in our, in our videos. So, so that's cool that you sure. can actually provide your own soundtrack. That's great. Right on. Thanks. So tell me about Raising the Bar. Uh, it's published by Dragon Door. Is that right? Yes. That's amazing, man. You must be super psyched about that. How did that come I'm about? Really, I'm really excited to be working with Dragon Door. Um, as far as how it came about, I'd already been writing this book when I was contacted about doing Convict Conditioning 2, so that kind of gave me an in with those guys. And after Convict Conditioning 2 came out, I pitched John Duquesne from Dragon Door on Raising the Bar, and, uh, well, he liked it. So, <laughs> so the rest uh, kind of 
took care of itself very quickly from from that point on. That's awesome, Al. Congratulations again, man. Thanks. And and the book, the book has a really cool layout and feel to it. And I know you had posted, you know, some time ago how excited you were about about the look of it. And it's definitely got that yeah. that New York vibe with the graffiti and and the the. Um, the cool pictures and, and how is this book different from your first book? We're working out a Zen approach to everyday fitness, which I also well, did a review on. The first thing I got to do is, is give credit where it's due. A, a lot of why that book looks so good is uh, the main photographer who worked on it. Uh, Colleen Leung is really a talented photographer. And she did an amazing job with the photos and the layout was done by Derek Brigham who works for Dragon Door. He did the, layout for the Convict Conditioning books and for some of Pavel's books also. And he's just really, really talented. And the two of them um, really brought this thing to life. I had a vision, but they helped me execute it. And, um, you know, as far as how this book is different from my first book, uh, first of all, it it has a much higher production value. Mm -hmm. And like anything else, you get better at things from experience. So I had a better idea of what I wanted to do for this one based on seeing what worked and what didn't work in the first one. Um, you know, but they're, they're fundamentally very different books. We're working out, um, lays out my fitness philosophy more than anything else. You know, the, the Zen approach, if you will. And that can be applied to any style of training. Whereas raising the bar is specifically about exercises that you do at the bar. So in that sense, it's a little bit more specific. Whereas I feel like we're working out as more just a general book that can be applied to any modality of training. Right. Right, and they're they're both great books, and I, I think I think anyone who reads either one of them can take a lot from them. And it's funny that, that's what I was going for. <laughs> I, I want I want people to be able to read this stuff and and feel like they can really directly apply it right away. Well, I think I think you definitely achieved that. So I guess we're working out by being minimalist in its design, kind of fulfills its own minimalist. Uh, philosophy that I'm putting out there. And Racing the Bar is definitely about minimalism in a way also. But like you mentioned before, I want to celebrate that whole street workout, fitness is everywhere type of vibe. And in a way, Racing the Bar is also a tribute to New York City, which is, you know, my hometown and, and my favorite city in the world. Well, I think you definitely put that out there, and, and I think it's going to be well-received. I got to tell you, I, I really enjoyed the book. I sat down read it in one sitting. It's it's an easy read, but it's packed full of amazing information, and, and it's really practical. And I personally right. think it's it's a huge step in making the term bar athlete a well-known term in both the fitness community as well as, mm-hmm. as the individual fitness enthusiasts. And I think we're seeing a big shift in fitness away from the machine-based, gadget-heavy workouts and getting back to movement-based programs that are really simple in their design. Uh, what do you think about the timing of this book and, and the way that fitness is currently? Well, there's definitely a lot of cool stuff that's happening in the, in the underground fitness scene, and, and that's been happening there for a while, but now it seems to be on the cusp of going more mainstream. And the, the body weight strength movement is a huge part of that. I mean, mainstream fitness really still tends to see body weight training as like this aerobic class, sort of Jane Fonda you know, weight loss mentality, and, and not so much as a way to build strength. And that, that misconception that you need weights or machines to get strong is still very prevalent, I think. Um, but it's, it's easy to forget that, you know, when you talk to people like me and I talk to people like you and you're surrounded by 
the bodyweight community. It's, it's definitely growing, but we're, we're really still on the fringes. And you, you go to any sort of mainstream gym, and you're not going to see people doing muscle-ups and handstand push-ups very often. You're going to still see people doing bench presses and, and all those selectorized machines. But we're, we're starting to you know, infiltrate that a little bit. You're right. You're right, and I think, but I think, in the same token, it when you do get someone that that actually does enter a gym and they start doing muscle ups and handstand push ups, everyone around they get everybody's them, attention. Absolutely, <laughs> everyone's like, "Oh man, I want to do that. What is that?" <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think you're right. I think the more that people become aware of this style of training, the more it's going to continue to grow. And and I love the idea that you know at some point in the future. The, the Globo Gym, as it's often referred to, will kind of be a, a dying breed. I think you're right. I think I think it will take some time. I think you're absolutely right. And that's the funny thing, you know, with with the type of training that that we that we enjoy, and even with the addition of, you know, kettlebells and and Olympic lifts and things like that. I mean, the most valuable thing is space. Yeah. You know, and it's not. I a, agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I go into some of these gyms that have all of these, you know, huge cardio decks and, you know, floors just full of the selectorized equipment. I'm like, just get all this out of here and have open space where people can do push-ups. Right. Exactly. And, yeah, that, that's something that I always get a kick out of is, is you'll have, like, this, you know, this functional fitness area that's, like, this one tiny little corner of the gym and then this huge sprawling cardio deck with a 100 different pieces of, you know, elliptical whatevers and... <laughs> funny cross trainers on it with with five open machines in between each person on it <laughs> right or well, not during peak hours at some of these places yeah exactly well and and that's kind of cool you know the the it's it's funny you mentioned earlier about you know when you people thinking about bodyweight training they think about the the group fitness kind of aerobic classes and and then you think well Man, those those spaces for the aerobic classes may be the most useful useful thing in the entire gym for strength training. Yeah, they can be. Absolutely. And in our gym and in, in the GBT site, we really try to promote the idea of of self mastery and fitness being a lifelong goal. And I think you do a great sure. job of emphasizing the importance of building a solid foundation and how to properly progress into the more advanced movements. And I think that's one of the things that we've we've been trying to get out there is that you know you think of 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 it not as much as working out but really as a practice you know every day totally I, yeah I, I go in and work out I, I I it's more of like all right I'm practicing the the skills that that I I want to to get better at and there's For sure. there's things that and you kind of hit on this in your interview with FTNS is, you know, there's there's moves or skills or, or, or exercises that I hope to be able to achieve within the next couple of years. So it's kind of cool yeah, to have, it's, have those benchmarks. It's, it's absolutely good to have that, that long view of fitness. I get so many emails from people all the time. They're like, how do I get to a muscle up? How do I get to a human flag? And it's like, well, you've you got to work your pull-ups and your push-ups first before we can even have that conversation. And, and I, I, I appreciate people's enthusiasm for wanting to get those advanced moves. But it's it sometimes, um, you know, people get this unrealistic expectation of what they can achieve in a certain amount of time, and, and they're not completely at fault for that because so much of the fitness industry tries to sell people on this idea of quick fix and this 30-day change your whole life around sort of thing. And, um, you know, anything 
really spectacular is spectacular because not everyone can do it. So if a human's leg or a muscle-up took 30 days to go from being someone who didn't exercise at all to being a master of the move, well, then it wouldn't be so impressive anymore. Right. And in this, and and in with those other people, and when, with exercises like the human flag and and like the muscle up, you have that mutual respect when you see someone else achieving that same movement, or when you see because someone because you know how much work goes into it. Exactly, and then the the, yeah. the amount of 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 happiness and pure joy that comes when someone gets their first muscle up. Or, Absolutely, or, that's that's a big moment for anybody. Yeah, and in our in our space, anytime you know someone nails their first handstand, nails their first muscle up, it's like the whole gym yeah. claps and erupts, and it's just it's yeah. cool because, like you said, are, I, it's are very exciting. Yeah, it's it's about it's about the journey and not about the quick fix. And you know, every every muscle up after the first doesn't feel so bad either. You know, <laughs> you're right, you're right. Because some days they do come easier than others. That's for sure. Yes. Yes. You know, it's funny you mentioned, you know, exercise as a skill practice, and that's definitely something that, I, um, that I've, you know, promoted before as a concept. But to a certain extent, if you view it like that too much, it could be a bad thing. Like, we were talking about music before, and when I was learning how to play guitar, I would sometimes practice four, five, six hours a day. And you can't really practice pull-ups for six hours a day. You know, the body, there comes a point where you just, you got to take a break. You can't do them anymore, and you need to rest. Sure. So in that sense, it's sometimes... Um, difficult for people to, to wrap their head around that whole concept of finding that balance between really wanting to pursue this but also respecting their body and not trying to do too much too soon. And that's how people sometimes wind up getting injured is because they're so focused on getting to that goal in a certain amount of time that they ignore their elbows starting to hurt or mm-hmm. their shoulders starting to hurt or some other sign that their body is telling them. So, So more than anything else, it's just really important to respect your body and to honor your body if you want it to do the same for you. Right. And you know, I, I probably I probably did 20,000 pull-ups before I ever even tried to do a muscle-up. And that's partially because I didn't even know what a muscle-up was until about six or seven years ago. So in a way, I'm, I'm fortunate that I just it didn't even enter into my consciousness to think about going to that point. Right. But my point in telling you that is just to give a perspective on how much work it takes to get to that that stage. Sure, and I think that's a, that's just what you said. You know, listening to your body. I think that's one of the biggest things that the body weight training it actually gets people to acknowledge. You know, and get inside, get back and connected with their bodies again, and realizing where they are in space and the work that goes into achieving a certain goal. And body weight training has definitely kept me humble because no matter how strong I get or how much progress I make, there's always somebody who I see bust out some skill that I don't have that just completely blows me away and humbles me and, and makes me want to you know, keep that beginner's mind and, and keep working towards improving myself. Absolutely. What's so great about body weight training is how it teaches you more about your body and it makes you aware of some of the subtle nuances of movement that you don't really become aware of when you're doing machine-based workouts. Absolutely, yeah. It, it, I, and, I, and I think that's one of the things that, that we get to see, or that I've noticed a change with, with my clients and working with people is that, you know, sometimes when, for whatever reason, people hire personal trainers, sometimes it's, it's for them to kind of come in and turn off. 
And I think with the bodyweight training, they have to be present. You know, they have to be there and they have to be in the moment. And, and, and it brings that connection back to the mind-body and, and to the workout. Absolutely, Mike. And you know, something I always tell my clients is I have never done a muscle-up or a pistol squat or a human flag while thinking about anything other than doing a muscle-up <laughs> or a pistol squat or a human flag. Like, it needs your complete focus where it is not going to happen. That is so true. So well said, my friend. Thanks. So moving on, I noticed that uh, most of the pics are taken in Tompkins Square Park, uh, which is where you and I met up for a workout last winter, right around the time that I was creating the Animal Flow. And uh, That's right. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We got to play around with a lot of different things and, and kind of going back to what we said earlier, just kind of feed off of each other. And we even had a video to show some of the stuff we did. Um, would you say that that... Tompkins Square is, is kind of the bodyweight training mecca in New York City right now? Um, you know, there's a, a lot of great places to train outside in New York City. And Tompkins is definitely starting to get that reputation. It has such a unique setup that lends itself to this type of training better than just about anywhere else I've found. Mm-hmm. But I feel like New York City as a whole is kind of becoming a bit of a, a bodyweight mecca. I've met a lot of people from all over the world who've come to New York City because they've seen videos of people like me or, or Bar Stars or a lot of the other groups that are getting popular on YouTube. And all these groups are in New York, so these guys are coming from, you know, not even just other states and other cities in the U.S., but coming from Eastern Europe and Australia and all over the world, coming to New York and coming to Tompkins and being like, wow, this is the spot. <laughs> and uh yeah it's it's pretty amazing it kind of it makes me think of you know um like you know Venice Beach back in the day or I mean I think Santa Monica Beach it was and they called it Muscle Beach and you had you know guys like Jack Lane and all those you know old time strong men doing the bodyweight feet so I have this this fantasy of Tompkins Square Park kind of one day taking on that same sort of uh um having that same sort of memory and nostalgia about it Right and, and you know having been a, a part of it, but um, but like I said, I I think it's hard to say that any one park is the best because because there's crews and teams popping up at, at every park and in, in all the boroughs all over. I think that's great, man. And then you can just you know be connected with everyone. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the hope. The the bar is the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. It, will, it will always put you in your place. You're absolutely right. And a little bit of gravity in there, and uh, kind of reminds you where where you're at and where you came from. <laughs> Absolutely, and and you know, for every day where you're feeling stronger than you've ever felt before, and you're pulling off new moves, there's a day when you go back three or four days later, and you're like, "What the hell happened? I was so strong three days ago." And that's that's something I always try to remind people of when I when I get emails from fans who are blown away by by some of the things I do in my videos is. You know, if you see a two-minute video clip of me, you've got to remember, that's cold from an hour's worth of footage. Mm. And I'm not showing you the times where I mess something up or where I do something really sloppy. I'm, I'm, you know, filtering it down into the best two minutes I can show you. And, you know, I, I, it's not always <laughs> that glamorous all the time. Well, that's a great example of you being humble, man. That's just, you know, and, and I, I know in my own journey, I put down the weights almost two years ago and I've learned so much and there's so much more that, that I, I still want and, and need to learn. So, uh, you know, I always consider myself to be a coach and very much a student at the same time. 
I think it's that's the best way to, to be a coach. I mean, something that I'm always saying to people is the more you think you know, the less open you are to learning new things. Sure. So it's, when you think you know it all, then then you're not going to ever learn anything new. Absolutely. And I, and I know even going back, the things that I, I felt really strongly on, on before – you know, maybe not so much anymore. And I, I think that's part of being a, a coach and especially in the fitness industry is, you know, we're learning things all the time about, about body movement and, uh, the things that we were told as, you know, basically scripture before we were, we're realizing that maybe, maybe not so much anymore. Absolutely. There were, there were so many things that I learned early on in my training career that I look back on now and I'm like, I don't know why I didn't question that, because when I think about it now, it doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> somebody told it to me, and I thought they knew what they were talking about, so I just accepted that as truth. I agree, man. I agree. So, uh, just getting back to the book, one of the things I love about the book is is just the pure simplicity of it. You know, I mean, you break it down into three movements, and then the variations and progressions of them, and how they interlink into each other, and the only equipment that you use is... Straight bar and parallel bars, and uh, and I think you know it just gets back to that. There's no fancy gadgets, magic pills. It literally is just putting in the time and being smart about it, and and building yep. building the foundation, and then and then building a, you know a solid structure on top of it. Yep. Yeah. The the the, the first photo in the book is. Uh, has my favorite caption, and the caption is me looking up at the pull-up bar, and it says, "These ups ain't gonna pull themselves." <laughs> that, that sums it all up right there. You know, if you if you want it, you've got to do the work. And and a, a book is a great tool to guide you in that direction, maybe to inspire you. But anyone who buys this book can only get as much results as they're willing to do work. Right. Right. Now, I, and I think I th- I think you nailed it, and I. Th- I think it's a it's a great book and it's very inspiring and, and I'm sure it will really have a have a great carryover to people who are are looking for a change up in their current routine and or and or have been looking to get into more of the body weight training stuff. Are there any? I know that you still you know you still you're not 100 percent body weight. You still do kettlebells. You still lift. And you spoke a little bit about that before. Um, on another interview, but uh, are there any other body weight training tools that you really like to use? Um, you know, I use the TRX suspension system sometimes with my clients. I actually have been uh, teaching a TRX class for a while. I've been teaching TRX classes for a while. And, uh, you know, other than that, the floor is a pretty good training tool. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, push-ups and squats and all that stuff. I mean, if you don't have a floor, you've got bigger problems, I guess. <laughs> but you can you can keep it pretty simple. You're right. Now, um, I think this book, I think raising the bar, is going to help spread the word on on a large scale, and especially being you know published by Dragon Door, which is huge. Again, so congrats on that, man. I'm just really excited for the success of the book and the success of Al Cavadlo. Thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing the whole body move body weight movement uh, continue to grow. And I, I think you're right that there are a lot of people doing a lot of big things. And I think the more that we all support each other as a community, the more we will all grow. The, the better any one of us does, the better all of us do by association. So I'm definitely on board with that. 
Well, cool, man. Well, listen, I'm I'm gonna be in and out of the city a lot over the next year, so uh, let's definitely link up and uh, grab a workout and catch up. Looking forward to it, Mike. It'll be my pleasure. All right, buddy. Thanks for joining us, Al. I really appreciate it, and congratulations again, man. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's been my pleasure.